it's only the third day of Lent. Today is Friday after Ash Wednesday. But it should already be very clear to us how much wisdom the Church has when it comes to this journey of, of conversion. Every day the liturgy gives us another important and profound lesson. Today's lesson is especially focused on fasting. And I say we, could, we should be able to see the wisdom of the Church because fasting isn't something that is naturally appealing to us. And so we might not even think of it again after Ash Wednesday is over, right? Say, well, okay, I already fasted, got that one over with. Now I just have to wait till Good Friday and then I'll be done for the year. <laughs> Two days of fasting in the whole year. And the church says, no, no, you can't just say, I finished that and I'm not going to fast anymore. We have to understand the wisdom of fasting. This is a big topic. It's a... Uh, it has to do with not only what we don't eat, but with the whole process of, of denying ourselves, which was in yesterday's gospel, remember? Jesus said, you want to be my disciples, you have to deny yourself. Deny yourself, that's like fasting from ourself. Take up our cross every day and follow him. Let's set aside a couple of wrong ideas, first of all. Uh, uh, this gospel has given some people the idea that now that we are in the Christian era, now that Jesus has come, there's no more fasting because Jesus said, how can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? And Jesus said, behold, I am with you always until the end of time. So now the bridegroom is with us, therefore no more fasting. Wrong interpretation. Jesus says, when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then they will fast. The church's liturgical way of respecting this verse is the fast on Good Friday, when the Lord is taken away liturgically. In fact, that fast continues until the Easter Vigil, although it's not as strict on, on Holy Saturday, but still the fast goes from, from when Jesus is arrested on Thursday night until we celebrate his resurrection at the Easter Vigil. But that's not to say that's the only time we ever fast. Jesus spoke about fasting in the Gospel of Ash Wednesday, remember? He didn't say, there's no more fasting. He said, when you fast, don't let anybody know about it. Wash your face, comb your hair, don't, don't walk around to make everybody feel sorry for you because you're fasting. So fast, but don't fast like a hypocrite. That was the lesson. Okay, so we set aside the idea that there's no fasting. We also have to set aside the idea that fasting is limited to food. Yes, fasting is about food, but not only food. Any kind of self-denial, I mean right self-denial, can, can be included under the category of fasting. Strictly speaking, it's not fasting to give up sins, because we're not supposed to sin anyway. So someone who says, I, I give up lying for Lent or something like that. Well, that's not really fasting. That's just normal Christian life. Uh, and we should be avoiding sin anyway. So fasting is giving up something good, something legitimate, some legitimate good that we could have or eat or do, and we decide not to as a form of self-denial. 
Why, why self-denial? Oh, this is the question that the world asks. Why self-denial? Why not do something that's good? Why not eat your jolly beef chicken? Why give that up? You know, why give up french fries or coffee or, or chocolates or whatever people might choose to give up? Well, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. So why do it? Part of the wisdom of it is to recognize that our hungers, our desires, tend to get out of order. And this is basic self-knowledge. It's one thing to eat a good meal to sustain our health and to celebrate our time with our loved ones. It's another thing to indulge ourselves or overindulge ourselves because we just like the feeling. And that's where the problem comes in, right? Once uh, those desires take, uh, become dominant, then we become less free to do the will of God. And that's a, that becomes a problem. I mean, after all, the, the purpose of fasting is not simply to not have something. The purpose of fasting is to set us free so that we can love. Love God, love our neighbor. Otherwise, what, what good is it? What good is it if you don't eat french fries? It doesn't make any difference. But if you can't give up something for the sake of another, then you're trapped. Now, this, what, what this thought uh, brought to my mind was something I ran into last week uh, when I was supposed to be speaking at a seminar and I got sick. Uh, this is the Catechism, Catechism of the Catholic Church. In the section, now this is the section on chastity, so... We don't usually think of chastity in relation to fasting, but certainly connected. Anyway, this is what the, the, uh, the Catechism says about chastity. Chastity, which is not a, only about fasting from sexual activity. It's about the right ordering of love, right? Right ordering of life and love. That's chastity. Anyway, it says here, this is Catechism 2339. Chastity includes an apprenticeship in self-mastery, which is a training in human freedom. Beautiful way of saying it. Apprenticeship in self-mastery. We, we, we take right charge of ourselves. That's training in human freedom. Then listen to this next sentence. The alternative is clear. Either man governs his passions and finds peace, or he lets himself be dominated by them and becomes unhappy. How do you like those choices? Either peace or unhappiness. Either we govern our passions and we find peace, or we let ourselves be dominated by them and we become unhappy. Now, this is specifically about chastity, but it also applies to any hunger or any desire. This is, that's why I'm bringing it up in relation to fasting. If we can't fast, if we can't say no to any desire, well then we are unhappy because we are enslaved. I'll continue reading here from the Catechism. Man's dignity therefore requires him to act out of conscious and free choice as moved and drawn in a personal way from within and not by blind impulses in himself or by mere external constraint. Man gains such dignity when ridding himself of all slavery to the passions he presses forward to his goal by freely choosing what is good 
and by his diligence and skill, effectively secures for himself the means suited to this end. So this is apprentice, apprenticeship in self-mastery. This is self-discipline, which includes, of course, self-denial. So that's one of the reasons why we fast. Not only so that we lose weight, and not only so that we save money, or save time, or not only because it's the discipline of the church and we have to do it, but because we need to be free in order to love. Now this brings us to the connection that comes up in today's first reading. The prophet Isaiah, or the Lord speaking through, through the prophet Isaiah, makes it clear that simply fasting alone, meaning denying ourselves alone, is not that great a thing. In fact, it can become a, a, a cause of worse problems. Here the people are fasting, and they're complaining. We're fasting, and you don't, speaking to the Lord, you don't take any notice of it. Meaning, they think of their fast as a way of manipulating God. And sometimes people do this, it's a weird way of thinking, but it comes up fairly regularly. People say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to afflict myself, Lord, so then you'll have to do me a favor, because I'm suffering. Well, that's not really how it works. It's as if, as if God has to has to take care of us because we deliberately don't take care of ourselves. But that's what they're saying here. Why do we fast and you do not see it? Afflict ourselves and you take no note of it. God, you're not paying attention to the way we're manipulating you. And then the Lord says, look at what you do on your fast day. You, you lose your patience. You get into quarreling, fighting, striking each other. Is that, is that the fast that I'm looking for, the Lord says? Is this what I'm looking for, that a man will bow his head like a reed and lie in sackcloth and ashes? Well, we were just lying in ashes on Ash Wednesday, and that was a good thing to do, to be marked with ashes, but that by itself is not, doesn't accomplish anything. And then the Lord brings up the point. If you're going to fast, fast in a way that benefits somebody else. Connect your self-denial with your love of others. Connect your fasting with your almsgiving. And the church constantly brings this up. But here the prophet Isaiah brings it up. You want to fast? Well, fast from, from oppressing people. Fast from, actually, this is, doesn't sound like fasting. It sounds like almsgiving, right? Sharing your bread with the hungry. Sheltering the oppressed and the homeless. Clothing the naked when you see them. Not turning your back on your own. That's what I'm looking for. In other words, I'm looking for people who are free from their self, from being dominated by self-indulgence so that they can love one another. Okay, so let us, now this is the very beginning of Lent. We are still getting, getting started here. Yesterday I used the analogy of, of, of a, um, climbing a mountain, we have, we have, we have started the journey. We have, uh, we have put the pack on, we're, we're, we're walking along, but we haven't even reached the base of the mountain yet. The first, the first, day, uh, the first Sunday of Lent is, is when we enter the desert, right? So we're still getting used to it, and we should be clear about how we're going to do this 40-day this journey, and part of what should be clear to us by now, should be by today, how are we going to fast? What kind of fasting are we going to do? specifically how are we going to deny ourselves and how is that self-denial going to benefit someone else
If I'm going to give up whatever, video games, well then, how am I going to use that time that I save for the benefit of someone else? Or for, or for our, my relationship with God? For prayer? Okay? Fasting. So here's the wisdom of the church. It, it, it's placed right on our lap, just like the ashes are right on our forehead. We can't, we can't miss this point. Fasting is, is part of the Christian life. Self-denial is part of the Christian life, not because there's anything wrong with eating, but because we need freedom from, from, from passions, freedom from hungers, in order to be able to love God and love one another.